In the morning, China's team took all their luggage and equipment down to the ferry docks and waited to cross the river to the city. It didn't take long before they saw the boat approaching. Dr. Nasir was waving happily at them from the deck. Ferry crew and attendants loaded their things onto the spacious flat vessel, and China carefully drove their jeep on board as well. When it was secure, she jumped down from the driver's seat and turned to hug her friend. You're brown as a bean, doctor, she said to Nasur. Not enough sunscreen. And, as usual, I see you are not wearing your hat. China, he replied, smiling widely. Hats are for tourists, but you are right about the sunscreen. I ran out weeks ago. They laughed and hugged again. As China was introducing Nasir to the rest of her team, the ferry was launched and they began their trip towards Luxor. From the river, they could see the well-preserved ruins of the temple and the palace, but the modern buildings that housed the many businesses and residents that kept the metropolis buzzing dominated the background. It was a stunning contrast, but strangely, the old and the new fit neatly together, neither one crowding in on the other. The valley stretched out beyond the edge of the structures and verdant belts towards the hills, and then there was the stark white of the dunes in every direction beyond that. How long is the ferry ride, Nasir? China asked. It will be about 45 minutes to get across, China, he replied. Very well, then please take the opportunity to fill me in, doctor, she said. Thousands of years ago, the ancient Egyptians would only make the journey across this holy river when a very important person had died, and they were to be buried in the great necropolis which we now call the Valley of the Kings. The funeral and burial of a royal ancient Egyptian was a complex process. The preserved body in its sarcophagus would lie in state on a palanquin inside the great temple of Amun-Ra for several days at the end of which the family would offer judgments on the character and behavior of the king to the city's officials, making their case why he should be allowed into the afterlife. When the officials were satisfied, the sarcophagus would be borne out of the temple on the palanquin, and the people who would be attending the body would form up around and behind it accordingly. At the front were mourners, usually women, who were paid to cry loudly and sob while covering their heads with dust. Behind the mourners came the family of the deceased and various officials. The procession then made its way to the edge of the Nile, where all the participants were required to board boats and cross the river to the western side, the favored location for burials. All the boats, excepting that which bore the pharaoh's body, would remain at the river bank, the funerary boat would be dragged all the way to the tomb. It would have been shaped somewhat like a barge, over 100 feet long and weighing as much as 45 tons. To navigate the Nile in one of these required 12 oarsmen, six on each side. When a pharaoh was buried, ancient Egyptians believed he would need a boat in the afterlife, so they buried at least one funeral boat, either inside or near the tomb. Having crossed, relatives were positioned at either end of the barge, which was usually drawn by oxen, with two of the female relatives or priestesses acting the roles of goddesses Isis and Nephthys. Other participants carried canopic jars and other grave goods, while hired mourners, dancers, musicians, and priests would follow. 
The concluding funerary rites took place in front of the tomb. The mummy was raised upright for the opening of the mouth ceremony. This was an elaborate ritual performed by priests, so the dead person could use all their senses in the afterlife. The practices involved in this ceremony included purification, anointing, and the reciting of prayers and spells, as well as touching the mummy with ritual objects to restore the senses. Then, food and clothing were offered to the dead person, and mourners participated in the funerary banquet. The mummy was then placed in the burial chamber of the tomb, fully prepared for the afterlife. Because it was customary for Egyptians to bury west of the metropolis, it has become easier, as we gained more knowledge of their customs, to locate the burial places of their time.